0: Well, hello. This is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded on a Saturday in late September, 2022, September 22nd. Another day in the ongoing, ever ongoing. Kind of winding down, I would say. That we're, we're kind of in this sort of the writings on the wall phase for Trumpism. I mean, it, it, it clearly and obviously needs to come to an end for our country to start moving forward again. And it, it's a it's a thorn in our country's side that needs to be removed, not squelched, not you know. Clamped down on or something. It's free speech, so it's it's the thing about democracy. You have every right to free speech and right to assemble and all that. You have every right to think whatever you want. It's the actions. So how it, we're getting close to some period of time where there's, there there will be more dissipating exodus from the Trumpism thing. There is going to be more people leaving that thing, that movement, that cult. That is what MAGA has become, and of course it's what it was the whole time. But in recent days, weeks, you know, it, it, it's certainly become far more clear and apparent, you know, when the most arduous supporters commit crimes caught on national TV because, you know, their dear leader told them to do it. That, that, that's pretty blatant cult-like behavior. And that uh, the longer it goes on, the more information that's revealed and the more steadfast and loyal to Trump people stay, the more you can just call it what it is. You know, a, a cult that became powerful in this country and the leader of said cult was actually allowed to become a president because he was, he he got sort of outside backing. He'd always had a sort of cult following, but more like, you know, how people have, like, there's cult movies and stuff, you know, there's people that are just into it, you know, for whatever reason, but it's not like they build their whole life around it, you know, make real important life decisions based off of this particular cult figure or whatever, but... He became more of like what we think of as a cult leader in the more recent years, commanding his arduous followers to do certain things on his behalf, even if it would cause harm to those people. Made wild promises. Was wildly corrupt and used all the uh, power that was given to him for his own personal gain. Demonstrated pretty blatant cult-like behavior. There have been cults in the United States of America. American citizens, for whatever reason, you know, there's just always been this thing. Every few years, some new like cult comes along. This is like the Maga cult is the biggest and most well-known one that probably ever, and one that gained the most power. You know, the, their dear leader actually became an actual president of the United States of America, commander-in-chief of the United States military, a cult leader, a one that is loyal to his supporters as long as they are 100% loyal to him, and loyal and not in a willing-to-do-anything-to-protect-them kind of thing, but just enjoying having them in his corner so that he can talk to them at rallies and stuff. and talk at them, really. And then so he can maintain a life of affluence. Um, What his followers get is they get to be his followers. And they get to kind of wear costumes and proudly proclaim their allegiance to the man. And that's what they get. They get together in big coliseums. It's a big community. They get to shout out a bunch of stuff that normally is kind of frowned upon. You know, encouraging violence towards others and proudly embracing racism, kind of unapologetic, blatant, in-your-face racism. A bunch of people don't like Latinos and are fair, and are scared of immigrants. So we need to build a wall in the middle of the desert. The the wall was racism. It, that that is what it is. Um, so. Your response to the wall thing is, I'm not racist, you know, but you're, you're supporting a thing that's based off of racism, fear of immigrants, fear of Latinos, fear of people who speak Spanish. These people are going to steal your job because why, how, what? It doesn't really make any sense, but that's because racism is stupid. You know, it's it's a dumb ideology. You have to dumb your mind down to accept such idiocy. You know, you're going to lose your job because there there isn't a wall in the middle of the desert separating us in Mexico. The, the border is just a, an imaginary line in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So if you don't have a physical barrier there, it means that you're going to lose your job. That was an actual campaign platform of one Donald John Trump. I I heard it with my own ears at the rally I indeed was at one time. The surreal experience of that day. Glad I had that, that day, though. It prepared me for the years to come. I wish my first ever presidential rally that I attended wasn't a Donald John Trump for president rally, but it's it's almost like fitting, you know, that's the first one I ever go to, It's Donald John Trump, you know, like this dealer celebrity guy I became aware of when I was a little kid in the 1980s, when he was on Lifestyles of Rich and Famous and stuff, and just living a luxurious, gaudy life, but... Never really seemed to be very successful at anything except self-promotion and getting out of trouble. That's, and that was it. But his fame just grew. You know, we're really enamored with wealth. And, and many Americans assume emphatically that if you have wealth, you are successful. You are good at stuff. Even if you're not even if you're one of, if not the worst in the country, literally the worst, last place in business, you know, acumen. How do you rate such a thing? How much money did you earn as a business person? You are a profit-based business. How much profit did you earn? Negative several hundred million Yeah, that's going to put you pretty low on the rankings, you know. You you lost shit tons of money, and then you did it over and over and over again. That doesn't make you smart. Why the fuck would anyone think that? But there's millions of people that do. Donald Trump bankrupted six different companies that he created with his own money. Created in his own name and likeness. His name on the company. He ran the company. Six different times they went bankrupt. Various times there was loose affiliations with various organized crime interests. It's, it appears that many times throughout the last many decades, insurance fraud and tax fraud were a matter of practice. That was just their standard operating procedure. it have been going on for so long. But it's like, there was, there's there been so many things along the Trump story that th- that should have been the thing that ended it. That should have brought his reign to an end. Charlottesville abusing power, encouraging his followers to commit violence, stealing government documents and then lying about returning them, obstructing justice. His whole entire attempt to defraud the voters of the United States of America. His attempt to overturn the results of the election. Fraud. Yeah, there there was fraud in the 2016 election. Donald John Trump was the fraud in the 2020 election, I should say. The 2016 election was uh, more a revealing of the the flaws in our electoral system. We still elect a president based off of the Electoral College. We all vote election night based off of the results in each state. A separate group of voters, a much smaller group of voters in each respective state, will then vote 30 days later. The result of that second vote is the official election. And in 2016, that second vote went against the will of the people. So the third time it's happened. Wait, yeah. Well, second time it's happened in my lifetime. First time was in 2000. Al Gore won the vote by not a ton. Well, only "quote unquote" 500,000 or so. You know, only. I am excited to see how the uh, civil case in New York progresses, headed up by Letitia La, James, that's uh District Attorney of New York. That's gonna get some things moving. Uh, it's also gonna get Trump flailing bad, because of, of course he's not gonna admit any sort of you know fault or express any kind of remorse. At all. Yeah. Eventually Trump is going to settle back into what he was back in the late 90s. A has-been. A forgotten D-list celebrity. He had his career revived, though, by the producer of a game show. And that show became a big hit. A highly edited version of Donald Trump was presented to the masses. And they accepted it as... Many of them accepted it as him as the full depiction of him, highly successful, you know, that's how it was, he was presented on the show, but that's not what he was, so, what he was on the show was a character, it's Donald Trump playing himself, with a script, highly edited monologues, you know, they're cut and pieced together to make him sound better than what he really is, and et cetera, et cetera, It's various things that led to the Donald Trump rise. You know, so obviously, conservative media: Fox News, Breitbart, OAN Network, Infowars, Sinclair Broadcasting, which owns tons of affiliates around the country, many affiliates operating under the same manner or banner as they as they were many years ago before they were bought out by Sinclair Broadcasting in my home state. Como News out of Seattle is now a Sinclair Broadcasting network and has been for many years. The ideology shift that happened after Sinclair Broadcasting bought Como. broadcast out of Seattle, was startling and obvious. But there's many people that just went along with it. They were used to watching Como, so they just kept watching it. To the point if they watch a different channel... That's not owned by a propaganda network. You know, deliberately and willingly trying to present news in a very particular way so that you vote for a very particular organization. In other words, not unbiased or impartial. They're not really trying to do that. They're actually very much going in a different direction. They're they're leaning in a very di- very particular direction, presenting you information in a very particular way, so that you are more likely to vote. Republican. The more people who vote Republican, the higher the chance the leaders of that organization can cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, which they did indeed do back in early 2017. Now, I say this stuff just about in every pod- podcast because it is what they did. Yeah, there's not really a defense of it, to the point that many of the people who vote Republican don't have a defense for it. Yeah, they, they don't really have a why-do-you-support-that answer. It might be more of a denying that's what the Republican Party is or changing the subject. And that's what, unfortunately, many people supporting the modern-day Republican Party have resorted to. Pretending that that organization isn't what it is, the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy, by any means necessary including allowing a sociopathic narcissist who is abusing his power to get a promotion which the Republican Party did indeed offer to Donald John Trump they offered him a promotion because he abused his power not despite of really because of you know they've done plenty of things since he's no longer in office to clearly indicate that the type of ology he was pursuing they're fully on board with by and large you know he's no longer the president yet there st- many of them are still carrying the torch of his ideology so i mean you, our country's chaotic several years here under the trump era and that's what be refer to the trump era and stuff isn't just purely trump you, you know one person can only do so much no one in this world is self-made ever there's never been a single person ever in the history of humanity that did all that they did purely on their own ever, ever. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's highly motivated, self-motivated people that can accomplish a ton of shit without help though from others. They won't, they won't accomplish as much, no matter how much they accomplish on their own purely and solely doing it 100% by themselves. They will be limited in how much they can achieve without others helping them in some way or form. Even if you have to pay them to do work for you. Yep, it, it's just nature of being human. You are not an island unto yourself. Every man is a piece of the, piece of the continent, part of the whole. I used to have the poem "Love" by John Dunn memorized. Memorized that in high school. But it ends with the famous line, and therefore I never send to, ho- to 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 know who whom for the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. But you know that kind of self-made thing is still preached quite a bit. But Donald Trump had lots of help people who aided and assisted in his efforts. There's judges who've been assisting him along his way since he's been caught red-handed doing pretty nefarious things, stealing government documents, top-secret government documents. He only had access to them because he was the president. Talk about abusing authority. The fact that he was the president is not an excuse for him to have them, because that's the only reason he was able to access them in the first place. Yeah, so... Once his reign as president was over, he no longer was allowed to have access to them, especially at an unsecured location. He would have to get clearance. And usually under an advisory setting, many former presidents are more than happy to be some sort of advisor for the current president here and there. If the current president has questions or something. But it does require them to receive clearance, and if they need to look at documents, it has to be at a secured location, etc., 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 so Donald Trump stole government documents and then lied about returning them, obstructed the case, and then his various defenses have been just ways to stall the investigation. And a judge that he appointed went along with that. But then that ruling may very well affect the rest of her career. That's a ruling that's on the books. That's a ruling that she made. That's part of her record. A record, you know, a decision that was quickly. Thrown down and rejected, overruled by the appellate court. Two judges are on the three-judge circuit there that were appointed by Trump you know, because they're simply just following the letter of the law. You know, the, the entire defense of Trump is, is pretty bad. You know, because there is no defense. But he's still trying to plead not guilty, but a normal case, a normal client, you know, the the evidence of the crime that's been committed is, is overwhelming, you know. They would have already pled guilty to something, you know, in order to try to get a lesser charge. But this is Donald John Trump. We're talking about an extremely proud man. Uh, who's unwilling to ever admit any sort of wrongdoing, even when he does it fully out in the open and is caught red-handed, like, embarrassing bad. Like, holy shit. He had boxes and boxes and boxes of secured, classified documents at his home. Classified, unclassified, government documents. U.S. taxpayer documents that he, he was claiming were his personal items. And and then because he was claiming there was personal the the judge gave him a stay. It's like, And then there's various analogies that people made and all of them good. Bank robbers steals money, stores it at his house and then mixes it in with other personal stuff and then you know, the FBI is a warrant and then the Bank robber says, "Well, no, you, you stole personal stuff. Those those were my personal things, or something." It's... No, he he stole government documents, and then his lawyers lied about returning them. You know, that's that's what happened. So, try not to get jaded in this country. but I think on a previous on a previous podcast I did say that, you know. I want to get out of this country at some point, And that's definitely a goal. I do have kids. So it might very well be waiting till they become adults or something. But I don't know. Maybe once my youngest is a teenager or something. Move to Europe. And then... Uh, visit on summers or something. I don't know. Like... Where is the safe haven? Where is the area of the world where... Authoritarian regimes are not becoming more popular... Where's that? You know, um, because, yeah, Trumpism isn't unique or something. Uh, It's the most bold, unapologetic, blatant version of fascism that's ever appeared here in the United States, at least on a popular kind of mainstream level. You know, it's blatant, unapologetic fascism that Trump represented. He's just so stupid and arrogant kind of a clown that people just are naturally dismissive of him, even the people who support him. It was very much what he was advocating. Every word out of his mouth since he's been caught with various things only proved the point. You know, a fascist government is one that very much caters to the elite ruling class, allows the ruling class to do whatever. Anything they say is the law and is what is, you know, basically, they are infallible, according to their, to, to themselves, and, and their most arduent supporters, whatever they say is what is, and that's what, you know, the MAGA thing has become, they'll be, believe the most inane, crazy stuff, and will believe verbatim what Trump is saying. Even though he is lying, you know, it's not really a political statement to call Donald John Trump a liar. There's nothing political about stating that Donald John Trump lied thousands of times during his presidency. It's just a fact. Not an alternative fact, but a fact fact. You know, a lie is a lie. If your response is all politicians lie, All people bend the truth and uh, commit sin or whatever and do bad things. Some people, though, like Trump, they lie as a way of breathing. It's just a way to communicate. To the point where sometimes even on legal official documents, you will go on the record and basically say that people should expect him to lie and know that he's a liar so that even when he's filling out financial documents the people that are lending him money based off of what he's putting on those documents should know that he's bending the numbers massively because he's Donald John Trump. To be fair he kind of has a point. We are a buyer beware society. Donald John Trump is a famous con man. If you choose to not believe that, well that's your choice. However, when it comes to, like, financial reporting and stuff, you know, to claim that it's just purely the buyer's fault, well, no, you you were being fraudulent. You were deliberately misleading a banking institution. You can't do that. in Because he was saying he was worth more than he was in order to get a certain amount of money in a loan. That's always, always... It's so weird that that's the only way he knows how to maintain his lofty lifestyle is to constantly get new loans and stuff and try to create these businesses that stay open for a year or two and then go bankrupt, and then because it lost so much money, he's able to avoid taxes for a shit ton of time. Like, but he's been doing that for decades, you know. And the 250 million, it's like. It seems low, but fair. I mean, that's he's been doing what he's been doing for decades, and it's there's the fraud, but then there's like the tax implications from the fraud, you know, and then there's penalties associated with not paying your taxes, and then the interest and stuff, and all that. So, 250 million is definitely fair based off of what Donald Trump has said he's supposedly worth, what the value of. That he's putting on official documents and the discrepancies and for how long and yeah he's pretty fucked. So how long does the uh, one of the two organizations that you know has been deemed worthy of representing the people's interests stay relevant? I mean they are that's that's their main claim to fame in the modern era. The grand old party, Republican Party. They're the organization that twice picked. Donald John Trump to be the President of the United States. They offered him a promotion after they acknowledged on the record that he abused his power. Why did they do this? Well, in 2017, he cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. He signed the bill that they were most passionate about getting through. They weren't really as passionate, by and large, about building a wall in the middle of the desert, but they were willing to say they were and to abide by it. They weren't really as passionate about condoning Nazis' behavior. One of the Nazis murdered a woman, drove his car into a crowd of people. It's a pretty horrifying scene. It is on, you can certainly watch a clip of it. You know, a sociopathic, violent Nazi. You know, fascists. Yeah. That's why it was funny when the early January 6th thing Fox News and some of the other conservative things were trying to blame blame the Trump supporters who invaded the Capitol on Antifa. It's like, no, Antifa is not an organization, you dumbass. Okay, I'm Antifa. I'm an anti-fascist. Yeah, anti-fascism. That's what it's just short for that. That's it. It's not a fucking organization. Most people in this country are Antifa. I am certainly Antifa, among many, many others. Anti fascists. The people that s- stormed the Capitol on January 6th were anti fascism. Meaning, pro fascism. Yeah, it a, it's a double negative kind of thing. Yeah, so they're against the anti fascism movement in a very violent, oppressive way, very much. Fascist. Yeah, that's what they were fighting for on January 6th. Now, they believed otherwise, because the guy that told them to do it was the commander-in-chief of the United States military at the time, president of the United States of America, and he told them to go and invade the Capitol, and so they did it. And the ones that engaged in really egregious criminal activity that was caught live on the news and aired around the world... For all the world to see uh, you know already facing criminal consequences for their actions as they should you know again you can think all you want about Donald John Trump but if you abide by his directions too much you're gonna face consequences you know very real criminal consequences so I would highly advise taking too many actions based off of what Donald John Trump tells you to do because He's not a very good human being obviously and clearly so we but we've known that for a long long time i knew that when i was a little boy and i was just a kid you, you know but he was kind of that first person that kind of understood was was bad but there's like different types of bad the 80s had a lot of interesting uh bad characters on TV that were like bad, bad, you know, like a real kind of, uh, make your skin crawl kind of evil. Donald Trump was not that. He was a different kind, slightly more subtle, more the business villain, you know, not the terrorizing, uh, serial killer or someone that advocated like, or someone like Charles Manson, this, but does he have a certain similar ethos to some of those? Yeah, yeah sociopathy, narcissism, you know, a complete apathetic view of humanity. So I think, I mean, the main thing for our country right now is to stop doing the bad thing. We allow divisiveness and anger towards others and violence towards people who agree differently and, and embracing of fascism to get just too much popularity over the last several years. Um, the rest of us just haven't done well enough to explain who Trump is and what it is, but it's, it's you know, we're also dealing with a certain level of defiance. Um motivating factors that are not shared by the masses you know what motivates a person in the modern era to continue to support trump well, it's the it's the certain very specific information they're hearing from very specific sources that are telling them information for a very specific reason so that they'll vote republican so that republicans can cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations so that they can increase their power You know, pe- people who have certain small-minded, hate-filled views can be manipulated and be convinced to do very stupid things. They can be promised all kinds of shit. You know, if you build this wall, then that's going to solve all your problems regarding your job. And we can't have universal basic income, though, but we need to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on a wall. We can't have hospitals, but we, we certainly need to spend you know, thousands of dollars a year in health insurance so that that can, company can pay out dividends to the shareholders and pay the CEO $20-$25 million a year. It has to be that way. You can't do it a better way. Yeah. So Pogonbari is very much preservation of the republic as defined by the elite ruling class. So preservation of that hierarchy. Preservation of the idea that if you're born into the affluent class, you're an affluent person for life. It doesn't really matter how often you fuck up, how colossal, you know, how, how public of a fuck up and a failure it is, it, it won't matter. There's all kinds of preventative things to prevent the, the wealthy the upper, upper end, ends of the affluent class from losing their position truly to actually like become poor or just a regular person. It's very difficult. You know, Some real basic, basic, basic investments and can secure a very lofty position in perpetuity and you, you don't really have to do anything. And you can even have a certain amount set aside, pays you a certain amount a month that you can use as investing to you know create businesses and stuff. And it doesn't really matter if they go under. In fact, it's almost it's almost an incentive for it to go under. And that's what Trump seemed to do. is just easier just to kind of pretend to be a business. Do whatever the fuck you want with the money that you're lent. No real intention of ever paying it back fully. Because your company is the one being lent the money. So the company can declare bankruptcy and Donald Trump's not personally on the hook. But sometimes he does guarantee personally loans, and then they, they do come due, and then he finds various ways to kind of get more time, and that's, that's his entire M.O. Yeah, the Republican Party picked that guy. How long are they allowed to stay relevant? How long does, quote-unquote, liberal news do interviews with uh, various... Trump sycophants that are still loyal to him, Bill Barr, is given the floor on quote-unquote liberal CNN, liberal MSNBC, They'll, they'll do interviews with Bill Barr, I don't know for sure if he's actually been on MSNBC or not, but it's important to understand that those stations, although left of Fox News and the uh, various conservative media outlets, they are not liberal because they're owned by big, massive corporations, so have a very particular set of interests when presenting information. You know, there's certain sectors of the economy that, you know, give a lot of money to those big, massive networks. They're multi-billion dollar corporations. It's a certain type of entity. It's a certain type of entity that is a certain necessity to increase shareholder value so but that's always been the problem you know finding that balance that impartiality invariably you know because you got to get funding but then where's the funding come and what is it for what is it expecting with that funding So you gotta watch the ads on uh, Inbetween News. What what are they trying to sell you? Is it just random stuff, products and stuff, or is there also like pharmaceutical drugs on there? Is the pharmaceutical industry giving that network money? Why are they giving them money? What are they expecting in return? The pharmaceutical industry that you're seeing ads for, the drugs, the all kinds of side effects that are perfectly legal, but if you're caught growing or selling. Cannabis, it's a gateway drug. The plant, known as cannabis. In certain parts of the country, you're going to go to jail for it. So as you're watching those pharmaceutical ads, what did they expect in return from the network that they gave tons of money to, so that they can advertise their product? They gave them something. They expected something in return. Not just the airing of their, you know, their ad, they're expecting a certain content as well. You know, Your ph- pharmaceutical industry benefits from certain laws being in place. One of them, health insurance is basically required because health care is not a right. right. That benefits pharmaceutical industry too because they can kind of work in cahoots with health insurance and kind of inflate prices, drug prices and such. Because these persons have to get their cut pharmaceutical industry itself is a for-profit entity many times <laughs> there will be government investment into certain drugs that do so certain patents can be created and then a certain entity will buy a patent and then be able to charge highly inflated prices on a drug that was created because of public investment in the research that went into to create said drug But now said drug will be controlled by one specific for-profit entity that were advertised heavily on TV. They invested a fair amount on their own dollars to do the research and development, but also a fair amount from public investment. But it's like several years before a product like those can become, can be allowed to have a generic version, quote-unquote. Even though the drug became into existence because of public investment. You know, but that whole maintaining that system, maintaining the hierarchy, maintaining the republic as is, is very much a cornerstone of the Republican Party. There's certain entities that benefit with cannabis being illegal, with healthcare not being a right. Pharmaceutical industry is a competitor of cannabis. Yep. Some people are going to receive far better, far better relief of various symptoms from various conditions through cannabis. And the reality is that is a fact it's an inconvenient fact because you know it's a plant so obviously very cheap to grow to produce you know you're talking cents on the gram you know a high production place especially growing outdoor can probably have costs down in the five to ten cents a gram and produce hundreds of pounds every every harvest so minimal minimal overhead the reason cannabis costed more for many years is well because it was illegal. so it created a financial incentive for, for for certain criminal elements. Hence the war on drugs still today. What is its purpose to benefit drug cartels because that's what it does it, yeah you, you make a plant that can grow very cheaply and there is zero substitute for that's highly in demand, you make it illegal. Boom. There are people that are going to take that risk. You you might not have a real long life, and you might die violently. But, if you grow and sell that plant, which costs minimal overhead, that's highly in demand, and there is zero substitute for, you can make a shit ton of money. Especially if you, you know, create a concentrated version of said plant. So again drug cartel's power, their ability to terrorize their citizens and force them to flee, emigrate to other places, say like United States of America, is directly related to the war on drugs. You don't have a war on drugs, you don't have drug cartels. They don't have anywhere near the power that they have, because it's just a plant that can be grown anywhere, and anyone can grow it. Even if you require some sort of license to sell it and grow it and stuff, that's easy to get or hard-to-get-and-easy-to-lose type thing like a liquor license. Even then, yeah, the price goes down to such a level that it becomes less of a financial incentive for organized crime to get into. Because, yeah, the, why would people buy from at a highly inflated price from a violent criminal when they can just go to a store and get it from a licensed dealer? Yeah, you know, But it's all about the clampdown. It's all about maintaining the those interests that benefit from the system as is, denying any change to that. So pharmaceutical industry, there's many conditions out there that <clears throat> are relieved by cannabis. I have one of those con- conditions, if you will, if you want to call it that. I am not disabled, however, sometimes, occasionally. A condition known as epilepsy will be listed on the, uh, you know, list of conditions, disabilities or something. Rarely ever in my life did I check it, even though I always feel kind of guilty about it, not being fully upfront or something. But it's like, I also didn't fully understand what that meant. Well, why am I considered disabled? Because I have epilepsy. I have surges of energy in the brain throughout the day, every single day of my life, varying in length and intensity. I guess most people don't have that. Hmm. What does that mean? I have no idea. I've been trying to understand that my whole life. Other people around me have been trying to understand me. I guess. It's that. That's it. So that's the disability. Kind of socially awkward. Kind of weird. Wide variety of different interests. Kind of random. Kind of talk funny. Kind of move funny. And have been teased and ridiculed many throughout my life because of those things. I have epilepsy, surges of energy in the brain throughout the day, every single day of my life, of varying intensity and length. Two to three seconds, sometimes as long as 30 seconds. Yep. Ten years ago, cannabis became legal in the state of Washington. And again, it's helped me immensely. And again, that's just a fact. I think better and move better and just operate better with cannabis, the plant. I don't take drugs. You know, I don't even take ibuprofen. When I uh, broke my clavicle years ago, I took a few ibuprofen like here and there. But even then, yeah, mostly cannabis. Only one in 72 people have epilepsy. And you know, I've I've found that the best thing that just kind of helps my brain operate in the best, smoothest way and m- maintain a coherent thought for an extended stretch and stuff and just be my best self is cannabis. It, it has been very helpful for me. Now, have I ever had interactions with police because of cannabis? Yeah, several throughout the years. Once in college, it was fairly innocuous. It basically just made me dispose of my pipe, cannabis pipe that I had in my pocket, although one time, though, attempting to cross the Canadian border, I was asked if I had any prescription drugs with me, it's, I didn't really like the term drugs, but prescription, yeah, you know, I have epilepsy, and I have cannabis, and I have my medical card, and I'm a cannabis in a bag with my medical card in it, you know, it wasn't super descriptive, but, you know, it was like, yes, you know, I have epilepsy, and I have cannabis with me. Some people listen to them being like, how could you be so stupid? Well, I don't know. Do you lie to them? I, I don't know if that's any better. I have a certain look that sometimes they'll just suspect anyway. I've certainly had my bag suspected by agents a few times getting on a plane, just just assuming that I must have something with me. But that particular time I had, uh, you know, a, a gram or two of cannabis, nothing big. It was purely and solely for personal use and the medical card indicating why I had it was in the same bag, buried in the bottom of a backpack. But that warranted having a uh, Border Patrol agent point a gun at me. All my hands are in my pocket. Yep. Because my hands are in my pocket, he he became very fearful because I did also let him know I had cannabis on me. So that means I'm a criminal worthy of threatening to execute shoot in the back. I experienced that, you know, so needless to say, I'm where, you know, weary of uh, roaming too freely in this country, because certain parts of the country are still that way, where, yep, you have cannabis on you, that means you are a criminal. Why was the war on drugs created in the first place? Google assignment for you, Google Billy Holiday, war on drugs, and you can even add a third name, Anslinger. Yep, and there you go. That's why we still have it. Started a long, long time ago. John Anslinger, a real racist, wretched shit from a long, long time ago, had a real personal vendetta against Billie Holiday, and um, you, you know. basically died going through withdrawal. She was a heroin addict, and she was arrested basically for being an addict. And our, our society still kind of does that to this day. If, you, if you're an addict of some kind, or if you consume certain substances, you'll be deemed a criminal and put in jail. And that's that's just how we do it. You know. The law is also extremely selective in its enforcement. Certain people can use certain substances without any consequence at all, at least criminally. While other people, because of what they look like, will face very severe consequences. And that's really the purpose of the war on drugs. It's really why it was created in the first place. So any politician who continues to support it is supporting the true ideology as to why it was created in the first place. Anslinger, a real racist asshole... You know, an old racist white guy from a long time ago wanted to have a legal way to incarcerate a woman that he didn't like because of what she looked like and because of what her message was. That's why the War on Drugs was created. What was the War on Drugs' purpose since then? A continuation of that ideology. Yeah. Racist old white guys wanted to have a legal remedy to incarcerate Minorities. And they've been the main subject of the war on drugs. One in seventy two people have epilepsy, of those one in seventy two, about two thirds are of African descent. The main thing that helps me, you know, go through my the surges and to kind of ease them out and stuff and to like I said, is, is cannabis. I me mean, as a person with epilepsy. One in seventy two people have epilepsy, of those two thirds are of African descent. Why is Cannabis illegal? I just told you. So that the government can legally incarcerate minorities. Now yes, other people are going to get thrown in there too. But the main focus is going to be, yes, incarcerating minorities. And yes, they are the main people that get locked up in jail and have their freedom taken away. For consuming a plant that makes them feel better. The Republican Party says you need to take this drug that they advertise on TV even though it has quite a few side effects that are not very good at all. That's what we are allowing you to take. They're also the organization that says if women seek out a certain medical procedure that's been it's even referenced in the Old Testament of the Bible until it's a very old, old, old thing. You know, the Old Testament of the Bible specifically references specific cases where, you know, it's, it's kind of expected that that's what the woman would need to do. So, you know, obviously, very confusing when people proudly boasting about Christianity and their belief in it. And then that's why they support punishing women who get in a medical procedure. It doesn't really make any sense. They are the organization that supports selectively enforcing said law, because it's a law that requires selectively enforcing. It can't be enforced. So, some women will face severe consequences for getting medical procedures. Others will not. The law does not save babies at all, because it makes a certain particular medical procedure illegal, meaning, after you get said procedure, that's... That might be when you face the consequences. So that doesn't bring the baby back. It's not a pro-baby bill because it doesn't have anything to do with investment in real live babies. Yeah. Pre-K daycare, hot lunch, uh, food programs, automatic maternity leave, all that kind of stuff is very, 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 very pro-baby and and pro-life. But none of those positions are supported by the pro-life movement the anti-abortion movement. So, the Republican Party is the organization that actually went through with it in order to appease the folks that voted for them because they were going to build a wall and ban gay marriage and ban abortion. But then the first thing the Republican did was cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. They had to eventually find some way to appease those folks that that stuck with them all this time. And that's what they were most passionate about. Banning abortion. And they finally got it. Some of them are realizing that, yeah, there, there was a reason that <laughs> there was few that were willing to actually go through with it and actually write a law saying this procedure is now illegal because it, it instantly becomes selectively enforced and it instantly becomes a law that's clear and obviously designed to oppress the poor and minority women. And, and that's it. Wealthy white women aren't going to go to jail for getting an abortion. We, we should be adults enough to kind of understand that that's what the law is and that's what it's about. But the main defense you're going to be here from the folks that support the law punishing women for getting a medical procedure is that they believe that life begins at conception, as if that justifies it or something. You know. What kind of life? What kind of life are you pro it's like the very pro a forced, suppressed life, subjugated life, but not a free-flowing life where you have individual liberty and stuff. That that's not the type of life you should be allowed to have. I don't, I don't get it. If woman has a certain medical procedure, why does government man need to know? Why do you need to know? You can think whatever you can think and keep thinking it couple years later, that, that woman has a baby and announces it to the world. If you get to know that woman, maybe you learn certain details or something. But um, <laughs> the Republican Party is very much not an uh, individual liberty party at all. Um, they're, that, that's, a, that's a slogan that they say that connects with people certainly connects with me individual liberty yeah i like the idea of that so i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to have an experience of a government man knocking on my door because uh, i was growing plants in my backyard or something you know i, I don't no thank you that that's encroaching on in my individual liberty but some people think that that plant is bad okay why does government man need to enforce these people's belief that cannabis is bad for you? And they, and they believe it emphatically. No amount of evidence will change their mind. They think it's 100% bad. All people who use cannabis are lazy and and whatever, like the uh, reefer madness movie. And so they, they think that movie was real or something. It was like a documentary. <laughs> um, It's a gateway drug. The government man putting people in jail for using plants and inversion plants is not individual liberty, and it's certainly not small government. Government man arresting women for getting a medical procedure is not small government or individual liberty. Government by the people for the people is certainly not what the Republican Party represents a government that's mainly focused on cutting taxes with the wealthy and corporations and then cutting funding to various programs that are direct investments in the working class is not a government of the people, by the people, for the people. You you, you know, it's a government of wealthy white assholes protecting the interests of other wealthy white assholes. With a few here and there that don't meet meet those specific characteristics. But by and large, wealthy white assholes. Men, predominantly protecting their own particular interests and other people like them. And that's it. That's what they do. A few exceptions to that particular line, the main one in the modern era of the Republican Party, Adam Kinzinger. He's been holding the line for the Republican Party for years now, refusing to drift into the insanity, calling it out, and still being very Republican. He sounds in a different time and place, he, he would just sound very normal. He, he would just sound like a Republican, you know, very conservative, you know, not wanting to make big risky investments and stuff and have too much of a pendulum swing. It would be a good, good, good counterbalance to over-liberalism and stuff. But in this modern era, he, he's an outlier. He's this weird anomaly within the Republican Party. Uh, most of what they are has nothing to do with small government individual liberty and certainly nothing to do with, you know, Christian values. They're about as far removed from that as you can get in their modern form. They picked a gosh darn Antichrist and then wanted to give him a promotion after that Antichrist was pretty wretched as a, as a you know, four-year president there. It was, it was pretty bad, but they wanted to give him a promotion. And... With all the evidence coming out now, it's it just, they they seem just way too arrogant and prideful. Just feeling like it's a birthright, you know, their power. Like, the folks that have been supporting them that always had some issues with the Trump thing, they, they got to start holding the Republican Party accountable. There's got to be some different blood in there. We've got to have some different organizations for working class conservative folk, you know. If it's not clear enough, this is not, nor has it ever been a you-should-vote-for-Democrat thing. I'm not a proponent of the Democratic Party. The main reason I tend to vote for them is because they're just simply the lesser of the two evils. We're only presented two options, and one of them is not an option. They picked Donald John Trump and then refused to admit that they made a mistake, even after it's clearly clear and obvious that they did. Now, various... Lawsuits and criminal and civil cases against Trump that are very, very legit, just simply following the evidence and the facts, they're still sticking with him by and large. They're still supporting his ideology. It can't go on forever. You know, the, the, the Trumpism thing has to dissipate. It's what takes its place. You know, I'd like to think that it's something healing and optimistic and humane. You know, an embracing of the United States of America as a whole. With all its people, all its imperfections, and all its varieties. You know? One can hope that we can start moving in that direction. And get away from this damn Trumpism shit. It's gone on long enough. And it's time for it to uh, be nipped in the butt. And for us to, to move on. One can hope. So stay safe out there. Make sure you're registered to vote, and you do vote when it's time. God bless. This is Gary, Thinking Out Loud.